Hello, everyone, and welcome to Petite Queen's Practical Wisdoms and Sales Podcast. I'm Amanda, your host of today's show, and I'm here with our co-founders, Lynn and Tina. Today, we'll be having a strategy discussion. Should you focus your sales efforts on a few top prospects, or is it better to throw a wide net? Tina, I'd like to ask you the first question. What are your sales goals and the objectives your organization has set for you? Well, there's two different approaches here, sales goals and objectives. So your sales goals can be created um, through a productive funnel that's combined of both leads and prospects. And I identify a lead as um, something that's based on provided information, a business card or requested information on a web page. And I consider a prospect to be a qualified lead. In other words, after you've followed up with that said business card or request for information, that you find that that prospect matches your qualifications for the type of product or service or the size of the company. Um, so we've all heard that you know it's it's just as easy to sell a $500,000 job as it is a $500 job because it typically takes the same amount of time to gather information, to qualify, present, to interpret, and uh, create a, a, a solution for those needs. Objectives are created by a company for both sales and products and services. So it's important to have ongoing conversations with your management team to be sure that your individual goals and objectives are in line with theirs. Many times management doesn't care about how you go about meeting your goals, just that you do it. Other times management may ask you to spend extra time developing a new product or service, which takes away from the day-to-day lead and prospecting portion. Um, But we want to be sure that all of you are on the same page. So what are your sales goals and those objectives of your organization? Typically, you have a a budget that you're going to need to to meet, and that is a combination of your input and the input of your your management. And then it's that strategy of how you're going to get to that. And it's you get to those sales by a combination of leads and prospects, and it's where where and how you approach and identify those that that help you to reach your, your goal goals and objectives. Lynn, what do you think? Well, you know, I mean, I sort of took this another way um, because I feel like that your performance um, is going to be measured against the goals and the objectives of the organization. Mm -hmm. And that if you don't have, a, you, you know, you talked about this, but you have to have a clear mutual understanding of the goals and objectives. And if you deviate or when you deviate from the organization's market strategy, you know, you're actually taking a risk. Um, if your sales strategy doesn't work out, um, it's not going to bode well during your performance review. Mm-hmm. And there are times when organizations have identified an area that they really value a specific sales stream. And if you're not nurturing it and feeding it, you're putting yourself into a a weak position within the structure of the organization. So you need to be mindful of that. Uh, It's it's not like you can just go off on your own onto some tangent. So when when we're thinking about sales goals and objectives um, around what your organization has set for you, that to me is, that's where there's this disconnect between, potentially between the sales philosophy that you have yourself and the philosophy of the organization. And I really feel that you need to be on board with what your organization um, is looking for 
in the their, the goals and objectives that they've set for you. Because if you're not, you may end up being pushed overboard. So, I mean, that, that would be my twist on this question. Yeah, and I would just add to that, Lynn, that it's important to have that ongoing conversation with management to be sure that 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 you're aligned. Absolutely. And it, and and if you need extra help or if they need a, additional information about what you're doing, somehow or another having that conversation helps to keep everyone on the same page and 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 supports each other. Absolutely. And I think to your point if uh, if management has set an objective for you to develop new channels or a new uh, a new product line that needs to be somewhere in your job description that you're doing business development, which is different mm -hmm. than sales. Business development yes. has a much longer timeline. And mm -hmm. to protect yourself and to make sure that you guys really are, there's no hidden agendas and you're having this, this open dialogue and communication that you, you're very clear on, on what your role is within the organization. Because it may be all well and good to say, oh, yes, we support, we want you to be pursuing these new lines, but your performance will only be judged on, mm -hmm. on the widgets that you sell every day. Uh, right then, right at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. <laughs> yeah. So um, that, there's, yeah. there's a big piece there. There sure is. Is there a good way to accomplish short-term and long-term sales? What would you say, Tina? Well, I would say sure. Um, and again, identifying who those that what the the term is the low hanging fruit, right? The the term is those folks that are ready and willing to to buy that one and done widget or a, a short term project. Those are your short term sales. They're the ones that are right in front of you. They've said yes. They they need something right away. They're ready to buy. The long term is more. Um, you're going to take some needs assessments. It's going to take some while to to get to know each other, get to know the company, get to know what their needs needs are. Um, or they may be under contract. Uh, it could be a really long sales cycle. It could be something with a contractual sale. For instance, magazines. Magazine sales have go out five have five year contracts to produce and if you come in at year two you already know you've got about a three-year cycle before they're ready to start looking and, and making some kind of change uh, and that is a very long-term uh, cycle it also depends upon the uh, well the the complexity of the of the sale um, most short-term sales are aren't real complex um, and they may not fit into being your ideal customer or the, if you have an idea of the of the right type of fit that you have with your sales and objectives that your company has established but you can find someone that wants something right now that can that can fit very easily into that short term um, and then uh, focus your and and to Lynn's point and the previous question business development is not necessarily sales and the, for long term um, you may be looking at at some business development. Lynn, how do you feel about this? Well, yeah, absolutely. Both short-term and long-term sales start with building a relationship foundation. Uh, I think the, the big difference is that short-term sales don't require the same structural foundation as long-term sales. Mm -hmm. um, they're often transactional in nature. Um, Tina, you already talked about, you know, they're considered low-hanging fruit. I would state that they can be a complex product or service if there's an immediate urgent need that your client or the prospect is facing that they must address and solve. Um, so therefore, 
you know, you, it, the timing is, is right. And so mm-hmm. I think that how you approach short, short-term sales is different. And um, so, and it can be if you're, when you are responding to an urgent situation that's faced by the client, you know, how you respond to this, to, to balance the imminent resolution that your product or service is going to provide, you, you still need to be articulating that there are sustained benefits that will be delivered. Mm. You know, that it's not a one-off or a one-hit, unless it really is just a, you know, your your dishwasher broke, we're going to sell you a new dishwasher, right? Um, but even when people are making those types of buying decisions, and they know that right then and there, I am not hand washing another dish. They're still going to be thinking about, is this going to fail on me in five years? Is how, how, how is it going to be serviced? How is it going to work for me? So, you know, you do have to balance out that immediate need with, you know, longer term uh, benefits that you're going to be delivering. I also think that short term sales, you know, you often are very focused in short term sales on rapid implementation of a solution. And alternatively, long-term sales will seek sustained results over an extended period of time. So I think there's a, that's one way when you look at how you're accomplishing these things is to, to keep that in perspective. I also think that long-term relationships are really very dependent upon building the client relationship. And that relationship needs to be built on trust and respect because that's value that that is absolutely vital to becoming a valued partner. And Tina, I mean, yeah, no, I, yeah, no, I, as you know, I, I, it's so important because you never know where a client is going to go and, and you want to maintain that, that relationship. Uh, friendship is friendship, business is business. Uh, but as long as you continue to bring value and, and help that individual, wherever that person may go uh, is, uh, you'll you'll be going going there along with them so i think it's a relationship-based selling is what you can sort you can call it relationship-based consultative selling i think both lynn you and i have uh, that that's that's our our shining point and i think that's where we really excel um and sure do we do we do short-term sales and some some quick hits every now and then absolutely you got to get keep things rolling um but i think that that's uh where where the rubber how do they say where the rubber meets the road where you have when you develop a relationship can go so so well as long as everything's going perfectly but as soon as there's a a little hiccup in the road that's when you know the 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 strength of your relationship and that's how you develop those long term because you're there for the long haul right you're going to you're there to fix a problem you're there to help through whatever hiccups may may come along yeah, absolutely. And and there is a point that you can turn a short-term sale into a long-term relationship. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. Thank you both. Um, I have one more question. How do you set these goals and determine your success? Lynn, what do you think? You know, this is a loaded question and it absolutely is dependent upon your industry, your product or service. I, I'm going to say, let's get back to some basics. And I, the first step is to really segment, you know, your, you know, some short-term opportunities and long-term opportunities. And then 
you, you've separated those. And then the second step is to work through what your clients or prospects need in each of those categories. What are they lacking? Um, the next step would be for you to answer for yourself, you know, how your company, your organization um, provides or solves this client need. Um, next, you're going to think about the, their motivation and how you can match the buyer's motivation to your sales approach and to the product or service that you provide and to the, to the, to the challenge or the problem that it solves, what, what they were lacking. And what are those emotional triggers and motivations? And they are going to be different for short-term versus long-term sales. In fact, really, these can be, you know, they're, they're literally like completely separate columns. And there may be some similarities in there. And this can also be further broken down into specific types of product lines or specific service lines. And if you take that time to really think this through, and this is a great thing to do as a sales team, you know, um, or with management to really work through this, um, you can then apply very specific strategy um, to your to how you go about offering, you know, your products or services, both for these short-term and long-term sales. And I, I really believe that this exercise is critical um, to successfully targeting your prospect, prospects and clients more effectively. Uh, Tina? Uh, what are your thoughts? Well, I, I follow along everything with what she's saying and, and agree with all of that. And then and it, we get down to the brass tacks, which is a budget, right? For for what what do you think that this sales process, what do you think that this this business plan is going to, to how is that going to monetize? Um, where does that, where do those dollars fit throughout the year? Um, they fall within a month or a quarter. How do they look across a year? Um, some companies want to know what those goals are, what they're, or they've, or they've given you a particular sales quota or the a dollar amount of sales that they're anticipating you to make in a in a given period of time, typically a year, and that year is typically broken down into quarters, which is then further broken down by month. Um, and some companies want you to take a look at that and then have a stretch and have something to reach for um, that could be ten or twenty percent over what you what you've put in for your your budget that makes it fairly black and white unless there's some internal difficulty experience such as your company can't produce what you've sold or the equipment is down they have a backlog they can't deliver within the time frame that your client wants again that goes back to having making sure that you have that ongoing conversation with with sales uh, with with your management and with your company and your team um, sometimes People on a on a team. If a team has a team goal to, to serve, and one of the one of the team members is having some struggles, another team member might be able to come in and help help bring the team up uh, with uh, with their relationships. But um, I I liked your approach to this question, Len. But I I think all of us know that at some point or another we still have to put that the dollar amount down. Yeah. And how that how that's going to um, how that's going to look and how it's going to. Uh, how you, how it gets measured. It's another metric. Yep, absolutely. Follow the money. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. We have just one last question, and it comes from Patty in Beaumont, Texas. Patty asks, how do you identify your top prospects? And once identified, how do you determine your time to allocate on pursuing the sale? 
Lynn, how can you answer Patty's question? Well, I think this ties in directly uh, to your organization's objectives uh, along with your own goals. There are a number of questions you need to answer to identify your top prospects. Um, is this about transactional volume or dollar volume? Um, are you seeking an immediate sales boost or are you aiming for continuity? Um, you know, what are your motivations? What are, what are the, we, your company's motivations? Uh, it's easy to follow the money, which we were just talking about, and, and identify your top prospects, but that may not actually match your objectives. So, you know, you need to be very mindful of that so that you're matching, matching those things together. Um, for time allocation, you know, always follow the 80-20 rule where you're spending 80% of your time on your top prospects. And at the end of the day, this is going to take some research, you know, to, to, after you've really done some cognitive processing of, of what you're looking for what are you know in in the sense of what tina was talking about where the brass tact getting down to brass tacks you know what's <laughs> short-term long-term you know where are you supposed to be looking at and so then that helps you identify those prospects mm -hmm. tina you're you're nodding i you're verbally yeah. i am can you feel me can you, uh -huh. <laughs> once again we are in a line we are aligned you know, I, I, and I would say I typically base my priorities and right, wrong or indifferent, but I, I typically base them, um, it's based on the relationship with that prospect or client or organization. I like working with those people with whom I've established a relationship and that there's a trust there. And rather than look outside of an organization, I prefer to look within an organization, creating both depth and breadth within an existing relationship. And I found this to be very successful. Uh, of course, if a prospect moves, when I said this earlier, if a prospect or client moves to another company, we've already set the groundwork for establishing a new course of action and developing new opportunities. I, the 80-20 rule, that is a given. Um, you wanna spend 80% on the top prospects. That other 20%, there are so many tools now for uh, passive communications. The emails, there's an email chain, there's a there's a, a whole philosophy on, on how to send a number of different emails so that you're able to get information out to those prospects um, and gather what their information or, or their um, interest in your in your product or service. Um, that's a that's a passive way for for that 20%. But that 80% with your top prospects, absolutely you want to find and and other opportunities. Find out take a look at there if it's an if it's a large corporation and they have an annual report take a look at that look at what their goals and objectives are as a corporation and see how you can meld your what what you have to offer and how you can meld that with their um, their their objectives absolutely I think cultural fit is so important and mm -hmm. I also like what you're talking about with the there are so many tools that we can use. And we, we talked about this, I think last week, about the noise that customers mm -hmm. experience out there, your, your prospects, the leads. And by going through these exercises to really spend time around where they're at in their head and how you're going to approach them, you're gonna be a lot more successful um, by having done that thought because mm -hmm. it's this whole thing about a wide net versus 
it's allowing you to be far more targeted in your communication and your messaging. And I would recommend mixing it up how you're communicating with them. Don't just just email after email, right? But um, and it's so important that no matter whether you're casting, you know, you've got both short term and long term goals and you've got a wide net versus a, a narrow net, the more effective that net is about hitting their motivations and their emotional triggers is going to directly correlate to your success. And that takes some some time, energy and thought around that so that uh, you can go after your these sales, these these opportunities at your very put your very best foot forward so that you're not mm-hmm. squandering opportunities. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point, Lynn. Thank you so much, Lynn and Dina, for your excellent advice. I hope it is helpful for Patty, as well as anyone who's listening who may have similar uncertainties. We want to thank all of our members and guests who joined us for today's podcast. Next week will be another terrific dialogue at Petite de Queen. If you have a question or would like to suggest topics for discussion, please email us at jointheconversation at petitedequeen.com. 